Purdue is close, but not close enough. The Gophers' chances at making the tournament are dwindling. How do they get in? Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. Now, we didn't get Thursday and Friday, but we're making it up here Saturday and Sunday, and we got to talk about that Gophers-Purdue game. What did we learn from the game overall? It was wire to wire, but the Gophers ultimately fall to the number two team in the country. Then we have to talk about how do the Gophers' chances at the NCAA tournament how is it looking how can they get there is it likely and I think it's going to be a tough battle for the Gophers it's not impossible but it's going to be a dogfight then finally the Gophers women's basketball team gets another victory in the win column we're talking about how they beat Northwestern and what they need to do to keep that streak going here at Lockdown Golden Gophers so be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future videos on your daily Gophers content but let's talk about this men's basketball team because they fall to number per to Purdue on the road at Purdue in Mackey Arena, which is definitely one of the most hostile environments in the entire country for basketball right now. But the Gophers gave them one heck of a fight, and especially all the way down to the final two minutes of the game. Now they finish, end up losing single-digit game still, 84-76 to in favor of Purdue. But the Gophers started down 11 in this game immediately, down 16 to 5 early in the first half. After that point, the Gophers stormed back on Purdue. They got hot from deep, and then they played top-notch defense. They forced seven turnovers on Purdue in the first half and only gave up one turnover in turn. So they were taking the ball and keeping the ball on in that first half of basketball. Now, on top of that, like I said, they got hot from deep. They were 9 of 15 from the three-point line in the first half. Now, they cooled off a little bit in the second half, shooting 3 of 9, which still isn't terrible, 33% uh, from three-point in the second half, but they didn't take as many threes. They didn't hit as many threes, and it definitely was felt as Purdue stormed back. But the thing that stood out in this win overall, or in this in this loss, I guess it wasn't a win, the thing that stood out the most, though, was that they only had five turnovers in the entire game one in the first half so overall they took care of the ball very well against the number two team in the entire country on top of that they forced seven turnovers like I said in the first half 10 in the whole game so they definitely produced cleaned up a lot of their errors from the first half to the second half but what went against the Gophers in this game was the defensive switch that they had on Cam Christie. They switched main defenders on him, and it was a night and day difference from the first half to the second half. Now, in the first half, Cam Christie had 11 points. He hit multiple three-pointers. I believe uh, he had, it. I want to say, two, maybe three. I, I don't want to pull the box score back up, but he was hitting from deep. On top of that, he had 11 points. But then you go to the second half, and he was one for five for the rest of the game, only two points in the entire second half. Now, Coach Painter, of the Purdue Boilermakers had nothing but good things to say about the young freshman for the Gophers and talked about how he has NBA skill assets and how his jumper, his his quick uh, pull-up game is extremely hard to stop. Now, on top of that, Payne played 
great defensively. Now you look at the box score, you see Zach Eady had about 24 points and you're like, oh, okay, well, how do you play great if he's playing on Eady and he had 24? Look, he gave Eady fits at times throughout the entire game. Now there were times where Eady got bailed out with some fouls. And on that note, Zach Eady is just one of those players that absolutely bothers me because I'm so sick of watching those type of players get bailout calls. It's always the big dudes. It's always your Edie, your Giannis, your Joel Embiid, those players who don't need the extra help. They're already bullying down low and getting easy buckets because people can't match up with them one-on-one, but then you give them all sorts of and one opportunities or when they're missing their bunnies and their hooks and it really is minimal contact, you're still going to bail them out with a foul call. It bugs me to no end. But overall, he found a way to get 24 points and lead his Boilermakers to a victory, but that will never not be frustrating or annoying to me. Now, the killer for Minnesota in this game was the amount of offensive rebounds and second chance points that they gave up to the Purdue Boilermakers because Minnesota had some top-notch, staunch defense in both halves of this game, and they forced tough looks at times. But Purdue had 17 offensive rebounds, which is far too many. And on top of that, they had 16 second chance points. Now, they the Gophers lost by eight points. So those second chance points were double the difference of this game. And that definitely plays a factor down the stretch. And I think ultimately was the Gophers downfall in this matchup. Now, Purdue ended up shutting down players like Mike Mitchell Jr. and Cam Christie in the second half. And that is what helped spur their comeback because not only were they finding ways to get easy buckets and chip at that lead in that second half, but they were closing down the shooters who were hurting them and making that gap bigger from the first half. The only player that really went all out and was gunning in it in the second half of this game was Dawson Garcia. He put like the whole team on his back, played top-notch basketball, scored up there with Zach Eady. But it wasn't enough for the Gophers to pull off this one. He couldn't do it by himself, and he needed some more assistance in the scoring department in the second half. Now, what did we learn from this game? We learned that Minnesota showed it can compete with the best teams in the country. Your Purdue, your Wisconsin, your Michigan State, they've been in there or even won uh, against all of those teams. And you know what? It shows you that they have the talent and the depth to hang in there, but they have to continue to play their style of basketball and not force bad shots or knock down the easy ones. You can't get into the slumps. The slumps is what's causing them to kind of lose their opportunities. There's always one factor. Sometimes it's been turnovers. Sometimes it's been cold streaks and shooting too many threes. And other times it has been like we saw too many offensive rebounds, second chance points, and not being able to keep them from getting baskets or empty opportunities. So overall, the Gophers are showing that they can compete, but there's still things to improve on. Now, the fouls have also presented some issues and problems in multiples of our losses. Pharrell Payne has still had some foul troubles at times. Dawson Garcia has had some foul troubles at times. Camp Christie has had some foul troubles at times. We have to find a way to stay as aggressive and disruptive on defense without putting our players in consistent foul trouble because we need that top-notch talent on the floor to hang around in the Big Ten or if they are to make any postseason play. Now, another thing with this Gophers team that I've noticed is that they can get hot from deep. They can hit the three-pointers and keep themselves in games, but they also live and die by that three-point shot. And if it goes to a cold streak, if they're shooting poorly, they'll still take the open opportunities if they're there. And if they continue to miss, that's where the gap can start to get big. That's when the Gophers start to have to claw back in games, and that part isn't sustainable. So hopefully they can find some more consistency there. And speaking of consistency, that is a big thing this Gophers team still needs late in the season 
is they need to find consistent scoring outside of Dawson Garcia. Now, Cam Christie has stepped up a lot in that department. So I'll say outside of the two of them, because in Cam Christie's last four games, I believe he's been in the double digits in scoring. So he's starting to come into his own. Dawson Garcia is clearly the leading scorer and leading rebounder on this team. So he has been a consistency, but you've had games from Carrington where he gets to double double figures in scoring. Mitchell, who has multiple double figure games. Hawkins, who can get up there in the double figures. Payne, who can get up there towards 20 points in a game. But then there's other games where you see Payne has six points. Hawkins has two points. Carrington has one point or no points. Those are the games. The consistency part of that scoring, something has to give. You have to have players who are Maybe Carrington doesn't give you 17 multiple games, but if he can give you eight or six every game, that makes a difference. Hawkins might not be a 10-point scorer every game, but if he can give you at least six plus his assist contributions, that is a huge difference, but it's the fluctuations that hurts the most, especially from a player like Mike Mitchell Jr., who can get hot in a heartbeat, and all of a sudden he's having 18-point nights, 13-point nights, 20-point nights, but... It's the single-digit scoring nights. It's the multiple shot attempts and only scoring six points. That's where it hurts you. So if Mike Mitchell Jr. is going to be a spark plug scorer, we need it to be more consistent. And the Gophers are going to need it down the stretch. So what is next for the Gophers? There are only seven games remaining on the regular season. What does Minnesota have to do to get some consideration for the tournament? We're going to dive into that coming up next. First, I definitely want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel because you can get buckets with your first bet at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's right. Any $5 winning bet. And you will get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's $150 if your bet wins. And you can bet on all things NBA, especially with the All-Star Weekend this weekend. You can bet on quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. And the NBA is going to have you covered all the way up until summer. So definitely visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA and of LockedOn. All right, Gophers fans, let's talk about what this Gophers team needs in order to make a tournament. What is the resume that will get Minnesota to the postseason play, the big dance, and try to be a Cinderella story? Well, this would have been a massive resume building win. In fact, if I think if Gophers beat Purdue, they could probably be a game or two less than what we've been saying they needed just with a high quality win against the number two team in the nation like that on top of being a fairly successful team, but they weren't able to pull it off. So what do you have to do now? We've continuously said that I think that 20 win mark is definitely kind of the make or break for the Gophers when it comes to trying to get into postseason play. Now, The next three games, Minnesota probably has to rally off wins in. And those next three games are versus Rutgers at home tomorrow. And then you've got home versus Ohio State on Thursday. And then on the road at Nebraska on next Sunday. Now, those are three games that Minnesota can win. And they have played two of those teams already, losing one and winning one. But Minnesota needs likely at least two of those three to be a win. Hopefully, all three of them can get a, be a win and to get something going, a run going, some confidence, a generating, a little streak here to play your best basketball to close out the season. 
Now, looking at their final seven games, I think Minnesota needs to win five of those seven games in order to make the NCAA tournament. Now, they might have a really good resume or shot at the NIT, regardless of what happens, if you can get one or two more wins on this season. But if the postseason play of the NCAA tournament is the goal, then Minnesota is going to need to get hot in the back half of the season. In these final seven games, I think they have to win at least five of those games. Now, if you win five of those games, that's 20 wins right there on the and then you're heading into Big Ten tournament play. And if you get a couple wins there, that doesn't hurt either. Now, looking at these final seven games, you got versus Rutgers versus Ohio State. Next two games are at home. You have to win your home games, plain and simple. And the crowd being there, showing up, showing out is only going to help the Gophers in those cases. So if you can go on, win those two games, you're looking at a 17 and nine record. Then you go on the road in two games that you would love to steal, Nebraska and Illinois. Now, if you can win one of those two games, you're still on track and you're still trending in the right direction. If you only win one of those two between at Nebraska and at Illinois, I would say you want to win the Illinois game because Illinois is a ranked team. It's the only ranked win the Gophers would have on the season. And on top of that, they've already beat Nebraska. So hopefully you have some sway or some leniency from the committee if you can get to that 20 and have that diversified portfolio of wins against a quality Nebraska, a quality Illinois, and so on. So if you can go on, you win both of your next two home games, you split between the two road games, hopefully getting the Illinois one. That's three wins right there. That's putting you at 18, and you've got three more games to close out the season, two of them being at home. Now, the biggest thing for Minnesota is if you can continue to sweep out your home games, you're going to give yourself a shot. After Illinois, you've got back-to-back home games versus Penn State, whom you've beaten already on the road and should be able to beat again at home. And then Indiana, who you were close with most of the game on the road at IU. And hopefully you can find a way to get the win against a quality IU team and find a way to put yourself into that conversation. So basically, if you win all four home games that you have left, split one of those two away games that you have between Nebraska and Illinois, that's your five wins right there. Then you have a final game at Northwestern, which is a team that is basically almost locked to get into the NCAA tournament. And if you can go beat them twice, that shows more quality. It shows more resume and it puts you at 21 wins, which would be huge. But again, five out of the next seven, I think is most pertinent for Minnesota. Now, the most difficult games are likely going to be Illinois, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Now, Minnesota has only beat, has already beaten two of those three teams already, but on the road versus those teams will be much more difficult. All three of those games are on the road. In the end, the Big Ten cluster is becoming more of a major situation once again, like we saw last season. And those two back-to-back losses that Minnesota just had versus uh, Iowa and then Purdue definitely hurt a little bit. And it shows you how much of a cluster this conference is because Minnesota went from fourth in the entire conference to losing those two games after that Michigan State win that they had, and now they're 10th in the conference. Those two games alone dropped them from 4th to 10th in the conference, and it is huge. But it also shows you how quickly it can turn around in the other direction if you can get back on track. Now, currently, Indiana and Rutgers are ahead of Minnesota, but with the same conference record, and you still have games against them. So if you can go and win those two games head-to-head, that's going to be a huge flip for you. Plus, you go get Illinois, you get Penn State and Ohio State. All of a sudden... Uh, Penn State and Ohio State are two of the bottom four teams in the conference, so you have to 
push that gap and continue to build on that so you don't play on weekly Wednesday. But you do that, you get those two, you get those two, and then you get Illinois. That's the five right there, and that would make me feel good about Minnesota's chances. Now, you would really like, like I said, to beat a ranked Illinois team, to have one ranked win on your resume to help your case moving forward, but it isn't necessarily a necessity. But Minnesota is going to have to get on a roll here late and get on a roll here quick. Not only could they miss the tournament if that happens, but if they end up dropping too many games, they could still play on Weakling Wednesday. They're only a game or a half a game in front of Maryland, who is currently in the 11th slot. And that is the last thing that we need as Gopher fans is to see yet another Wednesday game in the Big Ten tournament here in Minneapolis. So hopefully the Gophers can keep it on track, win five of their next seven, and make a case. Maybe if you get five of the next seven, you're at 20, and maybe it's not enough, but the Big Ten tournament can do enough to get you over the hump. The Gophers are definitely there, but it is going to be a tough, a tough situation to lock in a tournament spot, and there is no room to breathe. You got to get in there. You got to get it done, and you have to make the, the the best case scenario over the back half of the season. Now, the final thing I want to talk about today is the Gophers women's basketball team. Now, they're not turning bound this year. Maybe the NIT, but the NCAA tournament is probably off the table. But they finally got back into the win column. What did we see that is different and maybe could help the Gophers get back on track to close out this year? That's what we're going to talk about coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Game Time because what would you do with an extra $100? For me, I would use it to cop a new Twins jersey, but the biggest debate for me there is do you go with the young buck, the young gun, the future or the previous first pick of the N or MLB draft, get it right with the sports in Royce Lewis, or do you go with possibly the best shortstop that we've seen here in Minnesota with Carlos Correa? Those are my two guys, but regardless, our friends over at Game Time have just the deal for you to keep an extra hundred dollars in your pocket to make that decision. Now, Game Time is fast and easy way to buy tickets of all sports, music events, comedy, theater events, and so much more. And right now, all users get a hundred dollars off when a big when you buy a big game ticket with code Vegas 100. That's V-E-G-A-S 100. Now, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get things like seeing your view of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. On top of that, they have the all-in prices so your total is upfront and you know you're getting a great deal before you even get to the checkout. And finally, you can buy tickets in seconds with just two tabs. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets, download the game time app today. And right now all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas, 100 terms apply. Just download game time app and use code V E G A S one zero zero for a hundred dollars off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Gophers fans, we are wrapping it up with women's basketball. And not only is the men's side of things a cluster in the Big Ten, but also on the women's side of things, it is a jumble in the Big Ten Conference. Now, this Mar Braun injury has been devastating for the Minnesota team. You don't need me to tell you that. But just to let you know how huge it has been, that Illinois game, which we should have won, then Wisconsin game, which we had Mar Braun and still lost somehow, which we should have won. And then finally, the Rutgers loss, which is just inexcusable. 
those three losses, those three losses that Minnesota absolutely had no business losing, and I've talked about that a couple times here, has Minnesota currently 11th in the Big Ten Conference. But if you simply turn those three games, close games that all should have been wins, to wins, Minnesota would be fourth in the entire Big Ten Conference, only behind number two, Ohio State, number four, Iowa, and number 14, Indiana. That is how tight this Big Ten Conference is and how massive of an impact that Mar Braun injury it has been for the Gophers in this year one of Coach Blitzwhite. Now, Minnesota has showed promise in this year. That's plain and simple. We've seen that. And they've showed it with their star in the fold. When Mar Braun was on the court, everything was pretty, pretty gelling pretty nicely overall with the team. Now, there were moments where things were still being felt out and things were new and new coaching staff, young team, all of that. But it was starting to come together really well. But the adjustment to life without Mara has been tough. Now, fortunately, Minnesota got back on track with a win versus Northwestern today, but they still have an opportunity to keep that ball rolling versus Wisconsin on Tuesday as well. Now, regardless, this team's NCAA tournament hopes are pretty much over. But they should be able to make a case for some postseason play in the WNIT. And they need to strive for that because having a young team, the youngest team in the Big Ten Conference, get some postseason play experience and understand that winner-go-home mentality and start to click and start to gel and hit your best basketball in March, that is going to be pertinent for the Gophers' future success in getting to an NCAA tournament and trying to make a run with a very young and talented team. So though they're going to likely miss the NCAA tournament. Hopefully they can get to the WNIT, but they're still going to need probably one or two more wins. Now, over the last two games, Grace Grahulski has really stepped up into that scoring role for the Gophers, and she has been coming into her own as a scorer. Now, I mentioned it on the show previously that she has the talent and the skill to step into a much larger role as a shot creator, not just at the three-point, but from the mid-range as well. And she has been shooting a lot of three-pointers, but she's still creating very nicely all all over the floor. And in her last two games, she has been balling out 18 of 26 for 69% from the floor. And then 13 of 19 from the three point line, which is 68% overall and has had 50 points in her last two games combined. So overall, Grace Krahulski is stepping up and that is great for the Gophers future prospects, but you needed to keep going in order to beat a Wisconsin, maybe have a shot at a Penn state that you play later in the season or a Nebraska whom you play later in the season as well. Now I'm not counting anything. Hold my breath there. That Iowa game, because without Mara Brown, I just don't think we're going to be in that game, but the other three games, hopefully you definitely beat Wisconsin. And then you have an opportunity. Maybe if you can steal one win against Nebraska or Penn state, you're looking at a way to give yourself a good seating in the WNIT, but we'll see what happens there. Now, versus Northwestern, Minnesota had all five starters in double digits. Grace Grohoski had 27. Higher Sanders in battle all had 13. And Sophie Hart had 10. Now, we mentioned on a previous show that the three things that needed to be better with Mar Braun off the floor in this Gophers team was that they needed to play better defense because it was getting lackadaisical and sloppy, and they were starting to let opponents score more than what they are typically giving up. On top of that, it was cutting down on the turnovers because they had far too many turnovers, and their goal is typically 11 turnovers or less, and they hadn't even sniffed that. And then finally, finding a new offensive identity. Now, we just talked about how more Gophers are coming into their own. Grace Groholski is scoring more buckets. G-Money is making it happen. But 
the turnovers were far less in this Northwestern game. Only 12 turnovers, still above that 11, but very close. And then on top of that, they were creating turnovers, forced 19 turnovers. Now, Northwestern shot the ball pretty efficiently, but overall, Minnesota's defense was a step back in the right direction. So if they can continue to build on that and stack on that from the Northwestern game, they should be able to put themselves in this Wisconsin matchup and get back in the win column in back-to-back games. Hopefully, they can make that happen, but ultimately, Ultimately, I think Minnesota is going to win the Wisconsin game, but hopefully they can find another win between Nebraska and Penn State. But that will be a tall task with both of those games being on the road. Now, the Big Ten tournament is here in Minnesota, Minnesota, in Minneapolis. And for the women, this will be the final year and then it'll move somewhere else. But it is going to be hard to see them going on a run without Mara Braun. Hopefully they can start to put things together and find the best way to end this season so that way they can build on it for next year when they have a healthy team ready to make a run in the Big Ten. That's going to do it for us on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you are having a great weekend. Spend it watching the All-Star Game, some Gopher Sports, and more. I'll see you tomorrow where I'm going to drop a Sunday show as well. So I'll see you then. Bro the boat, Sky Yamako Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.